Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Yes, yes, yes. So, TR 27, the final. We are going through each of these TR 27 messages. These are 27 minute messages as transformed recovery, love fellowship gathering type meetings or or listen-ins with us. And uh, we invite you to listen in and learn as we go through some extremely important points of life that will help you to transform. So my final section of the day that I do is called the Mind of Messiah Motivation, the Mashal of Yeshua, is the specific area within the Mind of Messiah Motivation to truly be motivated by the thinking process that is necessary we find probably one of the most motivated individuals of all time, Yeshua HaMashiach, as like the ultimate warrior, the ultimate fighter, the ultimate guy who, like an Olympic champion or a Super Bowl MVP, you know, he got the ball into the end zone and won the game. You know, but it was such a bigger game. There was so much more at stake. It was so amazing overall that he would even do what he did, that it's hard to even grasp in human comprehension what it would have been like to go through everything that led up to the crucifixion alone, let alone then the crucifixion. So we see this superstar that had to have an incredible mind to do what he had to do. And if we can emulate, if we can learn how to have a mind like that, I think no matter which endeavor, whether it be playing football or whether it be going for a gold in the Olympics or whatever it is in business or anything, if we can grasp those types of mindsets, we will find ourselves in a place of excellence to be able to process and work through any trial, any test, any challenge, and ultimately be the overcomer. And it doesn't matter what temptations come along the way. We will laugh in the face of temptation because we see how weak our enemy is. When Captain Obvious shows up, it is quite clear for us, and we know, oh, here he is again. 
And he becomes more, as time goes along, as you get stronger and stronger, and you develop this mindset, he becomes more of a pain in the butt than anything else. He becomes like a pest. He's like a fly. And he just keeps coming and buzzing around and trying to bother you. But he's so weak that if you just would take a swing back at him, he'll be crushed in an instant. I really have, throughout my career in ministry, you know, and in the calling that it is and the chosen person that I am in what he's wanted me to do. I've really always tried to get it across to people that it's so imperative that you will get on the offensive and not just play defense all the time. See, the problem that I've discovered that most people suffer in is they're constantly How should I say draining all their energy? All right. They're constantly draining all their energy trying to fight off Hasatan, Gadrael, or Satan, the devil. Okay. The demons. They're constantly trying to get them off their back. And they wouldn't even be on their back if they would have played a little bit more of a solid offensive game. And I think that's really important for us to, to understand that if we would just get better at offense and not just know how to do it, but actually do it, then I think the enemy won't even really try because we're going to wear him out. We're going to give him a nervous breakdown because his mind would not be able to handle or endure or even come close to being the hero that Yeshua HaMashiach was in all points leading up to the crucifixion and finally his death, burial, and resurrection. There, there is no way most human beings, I would say like 99.999999% I don't think there's too many at all that would really ever endure and go through what he all went through. Now we do know that as we study the martyrs and there's there's a great, you know, the book of martyrs can really help you a lot if you seek that out, but you can find out a lot of what happened after the you know revelation books uh ending just of the at least storyline to see how each of these followers of Yeshua were hunted down and, and brutally killed also. Now, they obviously had to be big-time heroes as well, and they had to receive as good soil, which is the Mashal parable that we've been going back to and continuing to study. You know, they had to be... Adama, or Adam, uh, they had to be, of the four soils, they had to be the good soil. 
or there's no way that they would have ever gotten to that place of being able to fight through all of every bit of pursuit of the enemy trying to, to wear them out and wear them down and kill them, they would have never been able to endure the race. They would have fallen short. You know, even Shaul the Shaliach talks about running a race. So it's not weird for me to, you know, speak of it as a, a sporting event. He said, we all have to run our race and we've got to keep our eyes on the prize. And truly, if we understand what that prize is, we will see things and hear things that are necessary for us to accomplish the gold medal, for us to become the MVP of life's Super Bowl. So, you know, in the parable of the sower, sometimes called the parable of the soils. Uh, this first one that we have highlighted here as mind of Messiah motivation, we want you to really, really get and understand that a mashal or a parable of Yeshua that's found in Matthew 13 and Marcus 4 and Lucas 8 and the good news of Thomas uh, in 9 that these are going to express moral lessons that will be grafted onto your mind forever. Every one of these lessons should be things that you take in as part of your training to become an NBA All-Star in life. You will become this because you have taken the moral lesson that's within it all. Now, in this, because it's soil, Yeshua uses a farmer, which is related to being a minister, or in Hebrew, a sharath. So we can, we can say, you know, a farmer has to go on offensive. He can't be playing defense all the time and constantly be picking stones and pulling weeds. He's got to plant seeds somewhere along the line. He's got to till up the soil. He's got to water the soil. He's got to make sure that he puts manure in the soil. He's got to do a lot of things to condition or recondition that soil and not deplete it and beat it so badly like so many have because they didn't give the soil the seven-year rest or Shabbat for the soil like the farming instructions are written in the good book. So people miss the, the power of what we're talking about because they are not paying attention. When the game plan to win the Super Bowl is being laid out by the coach, and Yeshua is our coach in this case, we've got to be able to listen to the coach. We've got to hear what he puts before us as a game plan. If truly we plan to work together as a body or a team, 
to win the war. Win the game. To have a plentiful harvest on our farm. We've got to be able to do this. So Yeshua tells of this farmer, which is a minister or Sharat, one who serves or who sows seed, which is the word or the devar in Hebrew. Indiscriminately, which means he throws it in all different directions. So, you know, just a little, little thing for all those that are in marketing. The problem is people, you know, are wanting this huge harvest. They're wanting, you know, fruit trees to be all over the place. But unfortunately, they're sticking one seed in the ground every week or two weeks. They're really not randomly throwing seed in all different directions. So they don't do well in marketing because their game plan, their offensive game plan is completely wrong. So they, they put the one seed in and man, in the meantime, there's so much soil that doesn't have seeds and they're, they're, they're just sitting there with this huge area of growth that could be and should be happening. But because they never sowed the seeds, they're never going to get a harvest. They're never going to have a big check coming in because they're missing the sowing of the seed. You got to put a lot of seed in the ground. You got to talk to a lot of people in marketing. You can't talk to one and, and then sit back and say, oh, I hope this one grows. I hope this one grows. Oh, I hope this is a good seed. And you sit there on that one seed and you're, you're like praying over that one seed and come on, come on. Oh, and I didn't get a harvest because the seed dies. And that one didn't grow. That one didn't come up. It never took root. And so it is with soul winning. As a, a seasoned soul winner that I am and a seasoned marketing professional that I am and, and, and pretty seasoned in sports, I understand them very well. I wasn't the greatest football player of all time, but I did play back in the day. And, and you know, I was I was first string until – Drugs destroyed my career. <laughs> you know, I got kicked off the team. Well, I could have got kicked off of Yah's team, but he had a lot of Yah amazing Hanan on me, and he kept hanging in there with me, you know, and he kept me on the team. And all I can say is I know that it's a numbers game and we try to do the quantity with the quality, noting that the quality is the most important thing. Otherwise, all the work that it's going to take can be in vain. So therefore, I have to study, 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 study whenever I'm going to you know, have a new product to market or sell, I'm going to become proficient i'm going to become a pro i'm going to be really really educated because knowledge when i take in knowledge same way with ministry when i take in knowledge 
there's a yaffidence that begins to grow inside me as I become more educated on any certain subject, no matter what it is that I've ever studied. And as that yaffidence grows, if I need to speak then as a speaker on that specific subject, and I've been a professional motivational speaker my entire life, already in high school, I was speaking, 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 musicals and and forensics, you know, and give, doing poetry and and prose and 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 getting up in front of large groups of people and speaking and speaking and speaking the anti-drug message that i took i had a drug awareness program that i worked out with with wrigley spearmint gum or not spearmint necessarily could have been juicy fruit but the wrigley family who owns wrigley field right and it's the gum company well guess what they had a a youth center that they had donated to the city of Krivitz, and I did a drug rehab program in there, a drug awareness program at, at uh, uh, 19 years old. So I had an early career in ministering to people about don't destroy your temple, don't destroy your body, don't destroy your mind, because if you're going to have the mind of Messiah, you do not want to do anything that could destroy your mind or distract your mind or have your mind not be alert. Anything that would be a drain on your mind, you've got to pull those weeds out or it could be very challenging. For you to be able to succeed, for you to grow, and for you to be able to grow the things that you put your hand to. You know, the scripture says not to look back. When you put your hand to the plow, let's stay focused directly in front of you of where you're going. But what I learned when I learned to to, to drive a, a steam engine when I was only a little boy, I don't know what I was, maybe five years old, I got to hold the wheel of a steam engine. This is like a tractor plus, okay? This is like your normal tractors that you see. It's like 10 times bigger than a garden tractor, maybe, maybe 15 or 20 times bigger. It's a huge with iron wheels tractor that runs on steam not on gas you throw coal in and you create a fire you create a fire because there's power that can be created from fire yahweh is an all-consuming fire and when we get him in us it gives us the steam to get our dream and it becomes, instead of just a wish, it becomes a dreamality. It's a reality that comes because we put the effort forth. We got the fire in us, the fire in the hole, the fire in the belly. And you need that fire in the belly. You need that motivation to be able to succeed. You're not going to be able to achieve as much 
in your life if you don't? So just for the farmer in and of himself before he even approaches the four different soils, we know that he's already got to have an outstanding attitude with an expectation of a harvest. I don't know if you realize how important it is for you to have an expectation of your success that is to come. But if you have that expectation and if you have that dream and you have the steam in the dream and everything, but you don't put forth the efforts necessary, the work necessary, planting the seeds, if you don't spread them randomly all over the place in all directions, then there's probably nothing that, that you can do, no matter how good the soil is, if you can't get the seeds in the soil. So, yeah, we can look at how good our prospects are, and we can say when we're in sales, you know, well, you know, they really were not professional people. They were like Joe Lunchbucket kind of people. They're not entrepreneurial. They probably, you know, really weren't ready for opportunity. And we can look at the prospect and we can we can definitely make some determinations of whether they were good soil. But if we never threw any seed out there, it wouldn't matter. And, you know, sometimes bad soil can be reconditioned. And I've mentioned this to you guys that, that you know, some of the people that I have thrown seed at were probably the worst soil you could even imagine. So now I had to go to work. I had to be willing to roll up my sleeves. I had to be willing to really, really get in the trenches with that person, get into their innermost being of where their pain is. And we had to go on a pain removal process together. That person had to really have a strong willingness to say, hey, can I sit down with you? I'd really like to work through these things. You know, and, and bad soil can be the person that doesn't want to work together with the farmer, the minister, the sharath. They want to do it on their own. I got this. So they go out and they wing it and they make mistake after mistake after mistake, when if they would have just talked to the wise counsel that Yah put in their life in the first place, the coach, the mentor, the wise counsel would have told them all of their mistakes so that they knew how to look out for the pitfalls that would lie ahead. And they wouldn't waste so much time. Learning the right attitude and having the right attitude and becoming a great coach, the only way you're ever going to be able to be a great coach is you're going to have to be a great player, 
a great student, a great disciple. That's why I think, you know, I've really taken the overall message of the people in Mind of Messiah Motivation, in, in Love Live Ruach Remnant Reality Radio, in Love for Truth, Studying Sacred Scripture Seriously, in all of the endeavors that we have put together, Transformed Recovery. And what it's really come down to is understanding the importance of Galal Talmudim. And to realize my real congregation that I am going to, you know, go through and I'm going to prune and prune and prune the, 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 the fruit trees to get rid of all of the bad branches, the evil branches, the, the negatives, get all of the junk off of a person. And as Yahweh's using me as a pruner, as a farmer, to, to take care of these, these plants that were growing up. As he's using me in this capacity, what he is doing is he is leading us together in a true discipleship course. There's a lot of lessons you learn as the coach if you got your eyes wide open instead of eyes wide shut. You'll become a better mentor if you continue to be in the position of being the student while mentoring. If you can keep your heart in humility, keep your heart in a place of humble and contrite, then your Abba Yah is going to see that and he is going to have a favor upon you for that that is out of this world. It's, it's, it's like nothing else. There isn't anything that really compares to walking in his ways. So I strongly encourage it to really be connecting the committed disciples or the, the committed followers of the mind of Messiah, of Yeshua himself. And all the coaches, all the mentor is, all the chosen leader, if you will, uh, over your life as wise counsel is to point you to the direction of how that mind is flowing and going and how it can flow and go in your life, you've got to see the flow and go. If you don't, you're going to miss it. And you're going to miss a lot. Not a little bit, but a lot of it. It's going to be really to your detriment that you weren't paying attention. I'm going to tell you as a student, if you do not pay attention, Because ultimately, this farmer is a minister, and he's ministering to these different people that are related to being soil. And some of the seeds are falling on, on the path or the wayside with no soil really there at all. So there's no nutrients. And some of, of the, the seeds are falling on the rocky ground with little soil. And it's all hard, and it's, 
and it's not getting through. It's not getting in there. Because they're not paying attention. And some of the soil contains thorns. There's some, some bad stuff on there. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's got those thorns out there to protect itself because its walls are up, so to speak, and they're not going to let anybody in. And if they don't ever let anybody in, they're not going to learn how to love, and they're going to miss the entire point of what this is all about because it's all about love. And if you don't get that yet, buckle up, put your helmet on, get yourself ready because you need to learn a lot if you don't get that this is all about love. Because you are supposed to become love itself. You were created in Yah's image. Yahweh is love, 1 John 4, 8. You are to be the love. That's your ultimate purpose in life. I don't care what your talents or your giftings or anything else is. If you miss that, you missed the foundation of what it's all about. And then really, honestly, nothing else matters according to what I can tell, what I can see. The rest of it isn't too relative anymore. You're kind of almost wasting your own time. If you're going to reject love, if you're going to reject the intimacy that's necessary for you to be able to let people in, 